2: You're listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. I'm Ken Anderson, along with David Ross and George Ullman. Mark Mahady is off this weekend. Morning, guys. Good morning.
3: Good morning. How are you guys doing today?
2: Doing good. Nice, cool morning this morning. It's lovely. And
4: drizzly the night before. and Oh, I didn't get any drizzle where I am. Well, it's probably because you didn't get up at midnight to try and watch a rocket launch in the fog that never launched.
2: Oh no, I didn't. Was that the Alpha?
4: Uh, Firefly or Firefly? Yeah, yes, that's it. A, didn't that, no, that's, that's Alpha. It, that's it didn't. Alpha. It didn't do it again.
2: Oh, well, yeah, I, they're, I, they're not having very good luck with that.
3: I had a breakfast with some men from church uh, yesterday morning, so I left pretty early, and it was wet out when I left. Really?
2: Was.
4: I'm enjoying the change. As am I. And yeah, even the cool weather,
2: the, the warm in the daytime and then cooling off at night has been really nice. And that's the, David's perfect sleeping world. That's
4: that is correct, and that's what makes the whole world okay. In my okay. your world, in my <laughs> my world, okay. It'd be nice if we could get some rain, but I,
2: I don't think there's anything in the nothing. Forecast. Now, nothing did they get so. any rain in the mountains this weekend? There was some. Yeah, huge it looks like they should. They yeah. did. Yeah they did i was even wondering yesterday if we were if it, if something was going to stray over our direction because the clouds it, were enormous and the and tails of the clouds were, were coming, coming our west. way and yeah. i
4: i thought it was as well but unfortunately we sadly did no sadly no uh, but it should be
2: should be a nice weekend though the first weekend of october
4: uh, which i still can't quite figure out well after the year we've had in the year in the market we've had. October's the worst month, so here okay. it comes. Oh, great.
3: So up until now, it's been okay? It's been okay.
2: <laughs> Hold on. Yeah. Uh, let's see. We do have classes this weekend in both stores in San Diego. It's going to be Growing Garlic with Kathleen. Um, that's at 9 o'clock at 9.30 in Poway. It's going to be Native Plant Propagation and Seed Saving with Renee Murphy. And she was formerly with
4: Moosa Creek... Nursery. And then she ran away to Northern California to do science stuff and doing mitigation, uh soil cleanup with native plants, using awesome. using plants conservation. for conser- conservation and for cleanup of toxic soils and things. Interesting stuff. Hmm. Way out of way out beyond my yeah, beyond my pay grade. Yeah. Yeah. Pay grade. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and Comprehension.
2: comprehension. <laughs> yeah. uh, let's see. And then next weekend, October eighth, it's in San Diego at nine o'clock. It's going to be bulb fall bulbs with Kathleen. And at nine thirty in Poway, it's going to be Felco tool maintenance and sharpening techniques with Jennifer Thompson.
4: And about ten years ago, I bought the little red handle cover for my Felco. As we mm-hmm. say, all parts are replaceable, and the. Uh, the plastic sheath that goes over the bottom half of my handle had come off, and I bought the new one, and I went to put it on, and it doesn't quite fit, and you can never quite get it there. And so next week, they are going to She's install gonna... it for me. I guess you're supposed yeah. to heat it first.
3: Are you going to sit in the – it's like a heat yeah, heat shrink that you would use on. How would I know okay. that? I bet you, I bet there's probably a YouTube video that explains how to repair your. Actually, there is. There are YouTube videos from Felco on how to repair them. So, so that's how you would know.
4: Or you can. You want? Do you want to say, comma, dummy? There, or no, is that just understood? Or,
3: or you saved it so that the class can see how to do yes, it? Yes, yes, it's. And for you're generous. going to sit there and, and say, I brought this in so she could do it. I was going to do it myself because I'm fully capable, but I was going to let her do it so you can all see. Thank to do it. Thank you. I appreciate
4: that. I decided it really didn't matter. Because it's just a very thin layer of nothing, and but every time I use the shears without that, the aluminum blackens my hand.
3: Aluminum
4: of uh, the aluminum,
2: yes. Um, speaking of Falcos, we found a neat little package that uh, Chuck has ordered, and it's it's like a renewal package. It's a, it comes with a new spring and a brand new blade. We have them, I think we have them for all the styles of shears. And you put that in, you You're, you basically got a brand new pair of shears for a fraction of what a brand new pair of Falco shears costs. Um, so you can, if yours if yours are getting a little little worn out or a little little dull, that's something something to consider
4: uh, over sharpening. And even though you do an excellent job of sharpening, this might be even better.
2: I that's probably what I if my if mine were really old, that's probably what I would do even if you could technically sharpen them i think i would just replace it
4: and they will do that if somebody purchases the parts we will do that well we'll do that at the nursery now but the at the class right. they will tune up and help with that is that correct
3: as far as i know okay
2: yeah. well i'll go with that yeah but we'll do it if you can't make the class we'll do it if you buy a if you buy a new blade or your Felco shears, we'll put the blade in at no charge.
4: And just to make it easier, if they bring their old shear in, it'll help you to put the new it, blade on helps, it. That okay. helps a lot. Oh, and the other thing that
2: you get too is pro- the what you probably lost when you bought, since you bought your Felcos, is the little Felco wrench that you can basically take the entire shear apart with, just a little hardened steel,
5: a versatile tab. tool.
2: Yeah, I keep one on my Really? It is a
3: small little. Tools. So if, if you don't know where it is, you'll never find it. It's a, it's a MacGyver tool. Yes, it is actually. Yeah. Yeah,
2: but it's a, a, a pretty slick little setup. Um, let's see. There is some stuff going on in Balboa Park. What is today? Um, today, first the first and second. It's the Begonia Society show and sale today at the Casa del Prado in Balboa Park. I'm sure they have some interesting stuff
4: there to see. As well as purchase, even though I turned my back, you could still oh, hear you that. Totally hear it.
2: Okay. Um, and then the fourteenth through the sixteenth. Um, speaking of native plants, it's the Native Plant Society show and sale, so that should be a, a good one as well. And that's going to be at the Casa del Prado and Balboa Park as well. Um, speaking of begonias, uh, Brian did get some. He did get some nice begonias, and we got some uh, begonia maculatas, the spotted ones. Oh. The silver spotted the, ones, the, yeah, that have become very popular all of a sudden. Um, and then I don't know where he found them, but he had some hanging basket um, angel wing begonias that were just gorgeous, really, really pretty. That's a that's a really nice looking plant, angel wing begonia. I may have to go out and take a look around. I did not see those. Yeah, they were there in the shade house. They were they were really nice. Um, and we did get, we got a bunch of Rex begonias in too. I didn't, I don't know where they ended up, but they, I don't think they were on the same table as the other stuff. Um, and then he got an interesting plant, not a begonia, uh, but But it it looks like, one. but it looks like one. And it's the common name is actually climbing Rex begonia. Um, the foliage looks very similar to a Rex begonia, uh, But it's a vine. It's a Cissus cissus discolor, I believe, is the. Which color? Discolor. Oh, okay. (laughs) I see what you did there. Thank you. (laughs) Um, So check those out. If you're looking for something for for a shade garden or a fern garden, those, those will add some color to it very, very nicely.
4: Begonias are a fantastic shade foliage plant. And many of them are grown for their flowers, but so many of them have just beautiful leaves, stems. The whole plant itself, without the flowers, looks amazing.
6: Yeah, and-
2: there's, and there's so many different varieties of them. You, know, you have the, you have cane begonias, and you have you have cane begonias, you have bedding begonias, you have tuberous begonias. I mean, there's and the rhizomaceous ones, the and rhizomaceous they can, ones that easy crawl around, to rex begonias. It, it it's a it's a really neat, really neat family of plants.
3: And, and I never cared for them much until about two years ago, three years ago, and I've started to appreciate them a lot more. And I think I told you when you had Oliver on when he called from mm-hmm. Wideners, we went up the following weekend, Capri and I, and, and picked our own for fun. And they're still thriving in the front porch, and they're flowering constantly. They look great.
2: The, the tuberous the begonias? The tuberous begonias, right. Yeah.
4: One of our former houseplant suppliers, they're gone because the property is now a bunch of homes. But the, one of the owners was a begonia collector, and they had a huge selection variety, dozens and dozens and dozens of varieties. And when they were going out of business, I bought flats of them in four-inch pots. I think I got 30 or more plants to take home and grow. And then I put them on the far side of the house where they got ignored. Uh, this is
3: just a theme. So.
4: <laughs> well, I don't do that anymore.
3: I know, but there's a theme.
6: What, so I don't you have very on? many. You don't have very many begonias
4: anymore. Left anymore. Yeah. And I for, uh, I had a, a little red leafed begonia. From my grandmother.
3: When you said had,
4: I've got to go look. for... It. I don't know if I still have it. That was an old plant. That
3: would be nice if you did. That's some family ties there.
4: Ooh. Um, On a bri- brighter note, please move along.
2: <laughs> I had mentioned earlier that today is uh, San Diego's class is growing garlic with Kathleen, and I had noticed that we have garlic in stock. Came a in lot a little, of garlic in stock.
4: Came in a little earlier than expected, and the heads are Beautiful. Very nice cloves in there. You'll get a lot of plants out of them. Yep, yep, and I good. did check my counter, and I did not save the one-year-old chilled hardneck garlic, so I'm going to have to get another one, try it again this year.
3: And you mean put it in the refrigerator again?
4: Yes. <laughs> Last week when you were, uh, not here, when you were sleeping <laughs> in, we talked about the garlic a little bit, and I had put a head in the fridge of the... the prior year. Prior okay. year. And I took it out just I, – I never got to planning it. And I took it out, put it on the counter, and was thinking about planning it. But I just threw it away instead. So I won't <laughs> – I promise. There is definitely a theme. There is a theme. I took it home.
3: Okay. I took it home.
4: See, you say you're a lazy gardener. I am a lazy
3: yes, gardener. That is very Actions true. Actions speak louder than words, <laughs> do. George. Yeah. You, you, I need to give you the T-shirt. Thank yeah. you,
2: sir. You're listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. If you want to give us a call, 888-344-1170 is the number. We would love to talk to you. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back with more right after this.
1: your gardening questions answered by calling 888-344-1170 that's 888-344-1170 there is more garden talk on the way and we're back with more
2: garden talk here on kcbq and kprz i'm ken anderson along with david ross and george allman mark mahady has the day off and we've been talking about the bulb class is coming up in, in San Diego next Saturday. And we do have a pretty good selection of bulbs in right now. Are most of them have finally them?
4: arrived, yes. the I was going to say dahlias because I just ordered dahlias this week. The spring orders were oh, this Oh, they were going in this week. But the Dutch iris, the bearded iris, the tulips and hyacinths.
3: Re- the binoculars.
4: Paper whites, the most popular one. I've still not come in. They're due hmm. uh that whole industry has changed, oh really, the bulb industry, the supply, yeah. the number of suppliers has shrunk sh- shrunk well, it's causing
2: been, it's been kind of a <clears throat> well, as far as our business is concerned, it's been a
4: a shrinking department for for many years now, well more and more people want them blooming when they buy them, yeah, and more and more growers are providing blooming bulbs later in the season so it's not it's not as it once was It's not as popular as it was yeah
2: no patience we we did get a we did get a really a much bigger selection of bearded iris in than i was expecting us to get
4: and those well then they told us that we were going to get we we got what we actually ordered not what they told us that that they were going to fulfill, and the rhizomes are gorgeous. They are, are they? big and beefy, and they are going to multiply very, very quickly. Um, and that is one of the most durable flowers you will find. It's like the the south the South African bulbs that naturalize here. So will bearded iris. They will survive on almost no extra water. They do better and bloom more and rebloom better with, with care. Some care, right, right. but they will survive with little to nothing.
3: Which is why you probably still have some at your place.
4: I do actually, and I can tell you that they don't bloom well with no, summer, with, no water. with no water, but they mm-hmm. they have survived. And growing up, my parents well, we have an extra property, and there were bearded iris on that property, and they survived, and I, they're still there. They give give one bloom in the spring. They also now are under trees that have grown over them, so they. The trees provide them shade and allow them a little extra latitude with no water, but they do. You
2: know, it, it's an iris, but we don't we don't get them in during the tipi- typical bulb season. But we can you can get them usually in one gallon containers from Moosa Creek when they have it available. Um, iris Douglasii, and I remember going up to the Eastern Sierra with the kids, and especially when you get out into the backcountry, like I really remember it on the road from 395 to the ghost town of Bodie there's just the fields were just solid blue from all the Douglas Iris blooming I mean just just acres and acres of them in, in the in the spring and summertime it it's gorgeous I've never seen that up there. nor have I it, 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 sounds it, beautiful. it's it's really really neat I mean it's just huge huge swaths I mean, and just in Grant it the on the road from on the road from three ninety five over to Bodie, there's really nothing there. I mean, it's pre, it's pretty it's pretty pretty barren land, um, and it's it's really high too. It's somewhere around seven or eight thousand feet um, as you're going over, and just these big grass fields. It's all it's rangeland now. Um, these big grass fields, and then there's just this big swath of blue that goes through it. it it's it's really pretty.
4: Just one more reason why you
2: love Bodie. Oh yeah, yeah. That's one of one of my favorite places. I can't imagine going. I can't imagine going up to the Eastern Sierra and not going and taking a look. It's it's a
4: it's a must see if you were in that area. Have you ever gone up to see the Bristlecone Pines? Have you ever turned right at I guess Bishop and?
2: I think my dad took us up there a long time ago when when I was a kid. I have a vague memory of it, but I have
4: I, I haven't been up there recently. I never have. I, we always went left and go up to Mammoth. Oh, and never went to Bodie. It's pretty
2: amazing the the history behind it and just what's left of the places is, is re- it's really cool. Re- highly, highly recommend it. Um, do we need it's, to say okay. just exactly what Bodie is, or no so right. are, are we good? Well,
3: you know, you might want to say that because people are well, curious a, to it, what you know.
2: it's a state. It's a ghost town, which is a state park. And they are keeping it in a state of arrested decay. So the stuff that's the buildings that are there, it look it literally looks like the people just wow. walked out and shut the door behind them. I, there's uh, there's a huge uh, gold processing mill up on the side of the mountain, and they the the park rangers will take you on a on guided tours of the place. But you, they, they walk up, and they unlock the door, and you walk in, and everything's there. All the equipment is there, all the machinery, everything. And they, I mean, tons and tons and tons of machinery. And they just walked, when they, when they were done, they were done. They just, just walked we, away. We,
4: we did what we wanted to do here. And,
2: and at one time, it was, this, it was the second largest city in California, behind San Francisco. And it's hard to believe it, uh, that, it, it, uh, that in area. that area. Right. Yeah, because I mean, it's in the middle of nowhere now. So I can't even imagine what that must have been like back then. But yeah, it, it was also.
4: And the gold ran out. It just wasn't ran enough out, and they walked away. Or
2: either the gold ran out or what was left was too expensive to process. Um, but it was also one, of, it might have been the first first city in California that had electric power. Or it was very it was very early that they they powered it, and that came about because of the mill, the superintendent of the mill, they were burning. I think it was twenty cords of wood a day, to keep the steam plant operating that ran the mill, and a cord of wood is uh, is chopped wood that's stacked. I think it's I think it's four feet by four feet. Is it four by four by four? I, but or, whatever it is, it is the same. It, it, so yeah. I, it's either
3: three by three by three or four by four. Yeah. By yeah well, I so. think it's four. Yeah.
2: yeah. But 20 cords a day. And so he sat to. And, they had to, and there's no wood. In no wonder Bowie. there's so few bristlecone pines At, left. There's no wood anymore there's, because there's, they used it there, all. So they had to build a railroad to bring the wood in from south of Mono Lake for the mine. So he calculated it all out. And he said, you know, we build the, we build the power plant over on the Green River. Which is about 13 miles away. Run the power lines over here. We'll pay for this in a in a year, and that's what they did. And they that's how the whole city got electrified was to do that. So there's a little bit of California history Thank you, sir. for you. But uh, moving on, what am I going to move on to? Oh, fall, I, some fall mums Fall have started arriving. They're gorgeous. We got some really nice ones that were in gallons. I think this They're year
4: gallonish. They're gallon-ish. It's a weird,
2: Yeah, it's a weird. It's a weird shape, yes, but um, those were really really nice
4: and some cachet pots of bigger ones they're in full bud with hundreds and hundreds of buds on them so they'll bloom throughout the fall if people remember to water them yeah I
2: love I love mums, but I have never I have never been able to grow them really well I mean I can I can get them through the blooming season and then after that they just they don't do much
4: my dad has a bed that has some mums in it that are leftover little six pack mums from probably f- somewhere between 5 and 10 years ago and they look crummy mm-hmm. for <laughs> so many months out of the year but then they bloom and he gets so excited when they're blooming so they're great in there and they autumn, come back every year Great autumn cut, plant. yeah and they they will bloom more during the year after they cut back they're cut back regardless of the season they'll generally come back and and bloom again and he loves them so I'm okay.
3: <clears throat> if I can give a correction on the cord of wood, since yes, we, sir, yeah, want to be correct. It's four by four by eight.
2: That's right. It yeah. Up, yeah.
3: I, was, I was incorrect as well. Four by four by eight. And it basically is any any measurement that you get to get come up to 128 cubic feet.
2: That's a lot. It is a lot. Yeah. It's 20 of those a day. And just, then think about it. 20, you're burning 20 of those a day, but somebody's got to go and cut and split. It's got to dry. And got to cure it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a no, process. It's no wonder there's no trees up
4: it's there It's a anymore. process, not an event.
3: Yeah.
2: Exactly. Um, oh, I remember what I was going to ask you about as far as bulbs are concerned. Did we get um, Japanese iris in? Or no.
4: Have we, I don't think we, we have We haven't a for a while. We used to get those in little they cardboard boxes. They came in the sleeves, boxes. yeah. Yes, and no.
2: That's a neat plant. Uh, you can grow it in, as a container plant, or you can, or you can grow it on the... If you have a water feature in your yard, you can grow it on the edge of your of the water feature as well. We do
4: usually have them, or frequently have them available in the water section, mm. potted as a marginal.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, we've had some back there a couple of weeks ago, so a month ago.
2: I wouldn't mind finding Louisiana iris again; those are amazing. You should have gone to the show at Balboa. I Park. should have. I should have. But that is an amazing plant, and they're huge. We used to get them in fifteen gallon cans. The, the yes. darker
3: dirt. Dark, dark purple. Dark flower. purple. Yeah. You know, about we had one of those in, of in our price. water feature. It's a, it's a bog plant. It's yeah, a bog we plant. We had some, so you can you mm-hmm. could purchase it from Walter Anderson. Powell. Yeah,
2: I, I don't have a bog though, and I don't think it would look good sitting in a swimming. You put pool. it in your pool. Yeah.
3: Stop chlorinating it. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, if you want to give us a call day eight 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 three four four eleven seventy is the number we would love to talk to you. Um,
4: we have not gotten in the onions. Uh, That's what I was going to ask you about, onions and potatoes? Potatoes are usually the first week of November, give or take. It depends on how cold it is up Mm -hmm. in Montana where they come from. And they have to wait for a a warm shipping window because they can't ship them when the temperatures are freezing. And Mm -hmm. so usually there's a little bit of we have to watch the forecast and then they will ship them. She likes me to reach out in the middle of October. But they had a good crop this year. They had less smoke up where the growing areas are, which affects the growing of the seed potatoes. But they supply most of the state up there, or a lot of the state up there. And I don't think a lot of people down here get potatoes from them. But they harvest them, store them, and we get them in the fall it's because of our temperate
2: growing And what, is the s- growing what does season. the smoke do to them?
4: I think it reduces the sunlight so it slows down their slows growth. Slows down the growth.
2: Okay.
3: What about, are we getting them Belladonna's? No. Not at all?
5: Okay.
4: The company that we get them, that is our bulb supplier now, only does them in the spring. And I don't want to mess with them. We still have some potted ones from a couple of years ago. The other supplier was my sister. (laughs) And she's very unreliable. So (laughs) I didn't want to, she's got a lot going on this year, so we're not going to mess with them.
2: I did see when I was walking through the yard yesterday. If you like proteas, we have we have at least 2, maybe more um really nice king proteas in stock. I think they're in 15s. Wow. They're they're big. Um that's pro- out of all the proteas that's probably my favorite.
3: No, they're, no, no. The pretty ACA family, the favorite's macadamia nut.
2: Oh, well.
4: Yeah, I guess oh, so you're picking favorites for others now? Is that I am, correct? I am. <laughs> okay. Your favorite heretofore <laughs> is henceforth. <laughs> yeah. But
2: it's a it's a spectacular flower, uh, just really really neat, uh, really really neat plant, and it looks completely different from Absolutely. all the all the other pro- flower. Not only flower wise, but foliage wise too. Yeah, right.
4: It's a well, I have a banksia that's about to bloom with a beautiful orange yellowish orange flower, and. Victoria, I think. I think it's Banksia Victoria or something like that. And it is coming up. And it is a beautiful and spectacular one. And one of my favorites. Next to the macadamia.
2: Banksias are really nice too. Mine still isn't doing anything. My pincushion just took off like crazy. And I love the pincushions because they do so
4: much. And they're easy.
2: And easy. Yes. Yes.
3: And if you like proteacea plants, our good friend John Clements from the San Diego Botanical Garden is going to teach a class for us in new year on how to grow those successfully
4: when uh
2: is I, th- schedule? Fe- I think it's
3: february that he's going to come in and teach a class okay
4: okay
2: you're listening to garden talk here on kcbq and kprz if you want to give us a call eight eight four, numbers 888-344-1170. One of these years i'm going to get that right um, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with more right after this
1: your gardening questions answered by calling 888-344-1170 that's 888-344-1170 there is more garden talk on the way and we're back
6: People with more garden talk here on
2: kcbq around. and kprz i am ken anderson along with david ross no more excuses george allman and mark mahady is off this week yeah i know thank you for moving that though okay be much easier to find when i'm I'm here for you starting to panic. Um if
4: you want to give us a call
2: 888-344-1170 is the number. Thank you. There you go. Um I had somebody bring brought in a very interesting insect the other day. I only saw the I saw the I only saw the picture of it, I didn't see the actual actual bug, but a, a
3: case moth. Case making clothes moth. moth. Clothes right. moth.
2: Yeah, which is the moth that gets into your closets and eats holes in your Wool, I, I guess it's, is it just wool that they eat or do they, will they eat anything? I think the uh, it it said
3: fibers and materials. So I guess any type of fiber it, it, probably, yeah. I, I don't know for certain, but I'll tell you, it was the most interesting little insect. I, at first I thought it was a piece of masking tape. You know how you roll a little piece of masking tape to make it double-sided? It yes. looked like that, that you might've dipped at the beach on a, onto the sand.
4: How about an open-ended burrito?
3: No, that's not what it looked like. No. <laughs> okay, It was far too small. And then the 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 it, the larva like sticks its heads out heads out to eat and then comes back in and retracts. It, it was very fascinating and it it's very tiny as well. Yeah, you know, they and don't. The think lady brought it mean. in. She said it was on her bathroom floor and she was staring at it, thinking what, not knowing what it was. And then the head came out and went back in and she said, I, "I've got to bring this in. I need to know what this is."
2: Yeah, I probably would have freaked out. Really? Yeah, they're
3: I,
4: tiny. They're, yeah, I know. It's just. And it just looks like a little piece of debris. Yeah, that's true. But I don't know it's kind of weird. It is. It yeah. is strange. And until you know it, it's stranger. Yeah.
3: Wool, fur, silk, feathers, felt, felt, and leather, and filth, and filth, and leather, leather, leather. <laughs> yeah. That... They feed exclusively on animal fibers, especially wool, fur, silk, feathers, felt, and leather.
2: That's interesting. And that that seemed. That seems unusual to me that they, because leather is so dense compared to right. the other compared to the other things. But
4: that's what they hmm. say about me. Yeah.
2: Uh, let's see. What do we got? Oh, was right on the list. oh if you if you are looking for a nice drought tolerant tree to put in your yard, uh, we have quite the selection of desert museum. Yes, Parkinsonias right now, which is an outstanding, outstanding drought tolerant tree. I mean, there's, there's, there's really not much that goes wrong with them. I had one in my yard for a while, but it uh, wasn't the Desert Museum.
3: I, I'll tell you something that goes wrong with them. That, so the Desert Museum doesn't have spikes, right? One of its correct. features. One of its features, people like it because it doesn't have spikes. Or and, thorns. Or thorns, correct. And one of the things that goes wrong with it is it suckers from the rootstock, and you get thorns.
4: They're grafted. They're grafted, and they're oh. grafted onto Parkinsonias, with, or Parkinsonia's and with. And so we
3: we've had a number of customers either call or come in with pictures or branches saying something's wrong. I think I bought the wrong tree because it, when I first got it, it didn't have any thorns, but now it has thorns all over it. That's and
2: interesting. I didn't. I had never thought about that. I don't that's think it. the one. I, I don't okay, think the one. Could I you bring
4: this right? back to me and and the timeliness of a. Saturday morning meeting?
3: We had a Saturday morning meeting, and David had mentioned that, and I had a phone call that afternoon or a picture that afternoon, and I was able to fix that immediately. Thank you, David. Thank you, David. Okay. Now, you also had a, a lengthy conversation recently with someone about watering them, though. I heard that. I did.
4: So, Well, actually, what... no, I was just over the shoulder. Okay, so what They about... do better with—they with, well, look better with some water during the summer.
3: We have one at the, at the nursery in Poway, and it looks great.
4: And it gets water all the time because the, the runoff from the hose right outside the roll-up door goes into that bed. And my neighbors have a couple of them. One of them is much closer to the leach field, and it also gets afternoon shade. And that tree is three or four times the size of the tree on the other side of the driveway that's in the full sun all day and doesn't get very much water. How far apart are they? Um, I see where you're going with this. <laughs> they are probably 20 to 30 feet apart, okay. but it, relatively in the landscape situation, they're close. Right. And everything's exactly the same.
3: Except for Nothing the water is, and the shade. And, and
4: right. nothing's the same. Right. And we hear so often, everything's exactly the same, but this one's dead and I did everything. It's the same thing, same care, same, but it's not. It rarely is, is everything the same. I, I think I told you I went out to Len Schultz's mm. house because he was having problems with a boxwood, and he had replaced them because they had died out. And in this row, everything's the same, but there are trees casting shadows differently. But in this one relatively new planting, the half of it was dead. I mean, it was almost straight down the middle. Half of this one plant was dead. And if you looked at it carefully, closely, it was two cuttings in that one Mm -hmm. pot. And they were oriented east to west. And so the west cutting was dead. It was on the hot side of the plant. It provided shade to the cooler side of the plant. The cooler side of the plant doesn't get afternoon sun. And the dripper was pushed around to the back to the cooler side of the pot so everything was against that half mm-hmm. that was dead and it was clearly when you think about all the little nuance it was clearly just because of a lack of water and sun but not much is going to be closer than those two rooted cuttings in the same pot mm-hmm. that's an
3: excellent an excellent example and it's a shame that you didn't like video capture that to use well, I
4: still could I haven't been banned from his property okay. yet, so I'm still allowed there. But you know the court, the
3: court
5: order I, could I, be I in think, process. I <laughs> don't
4: think, yes. This is Thus far, I should. I should because that is a very
5: – That would work well.
4: well I had a, It was a couple of years ago I
2: had a customer come in, and they were having issues with a privet hedge that ran down their driveway, and their driveway was sloped. And they said, you know, it, they, they all get the same amount. Of, they're all on the same sprinkler system. They're all getting the same amount of water. The ones at the top of the driveway were kind of small and scrawny, and the ones at the bottom of the driveway were beautiful and lush. And you could see the progression from the top as they as it went down. They got nicer and nicer and nicer until they until you got to the bottom. Well The water is running down the slope, so, so the that yard had the, gravity in it. It had gravity, apparently. Yeah. So right. the so the ones at the top of the the ones at the top of the slope weren't getting as much water as the ones at the bottom because the water from the top was moving down towards the lower ones and where at the bottom where the, most of the water would concentrate, those were the ones that looked the best.
4: And, and when you shut off the sprinklers, all of the water in the line is going to drain down and down, get the bottom to the low, ones to the that much one. more.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So
4: it's, it's kind of interesting the Some of the things that you see out there and you don't think about it until you have to think about it in, mm-hmm. in a homeowner's mind. I'm taking, I'm doing everything the same. Everything is the same. Everything is the same. They're
3: 10 feet apart. There's nothing different. We hear it all the time. But, you know, we we have talked about it so many times, you know, collectively here. And David, you and I talk about it at the nursery a lot that Capri and I went on a walk once and she pointed it out to me because there were two hibiscus and one of them was thriving and they were literally six feet apart. One was thriving and the other didn't look all that well. And she said, this is exactly what you and David talk Mm -hmm, about all the mm -hmm. time. She said, look, this one's getting shade from the tree. And it looks spectacular. And this one's at six feet away is getting a lot more afternoon sun and it doesn't look good at all. I had a so s- one person at a time we're converting.
4: Similar conversation with a lawn. And there was a large elm tree in the middle of the lawn and Saint Augustine under it. And it was all nice and green under the tree. But then as you move away from the tree where the sun hits fully in the afternoon, it was all dead. And the care I'm sure of that lawn is all the same but now the sun exposure is what makes the difference. It increases the need for water. And n- normal people don't think about that until they have to. You just think yeah. I'm doing everything the same and what the heck is wrong with it? Why did you sell me this bad lawn six years ago?
2: Yeah. Well, And St. Augustine's one of the few grasses that does really well in, in shade. And sun. Yeah. With it's proper a, it's, water. <clears throat> yeah, it is a. It is a tough lawn, it, uh, but it's not. There again, it's one of those ones that's not, not nearly as
4: popular as it used to be. So many people say it is too coarse. Mm-hmm. It, is coarse. Are coarse. It, I, it is coarse. which I. So what? I, I don't. I don't get it, but I think it's a great grass. No, it, it's like Bermuda it's, on
2: steroids. It is tough. It is. It is tough stuff. You know what was a what was a really neat. Uh, Saint Augustine was the dwarf Saint Augustine that Southland used to grow. Now that you couldn't say that that had really coarse blades on it.
4: Now I'm it, trying to remember the varietal name. Do you remember I, it? I, 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 I can't.
2: It's... I can't remember the name of it. But it was a. It was, that was a really. That was a really nice lawn. My, when I lived on Oak Bend, the, my neighbors across the street put in a big swath of it in their backyard, and it looked gorgeous. Although it did. It did brown out a little bit in the. Uh, in the winter time. And in the summertime, the the blades of grass would actually in the sun they would actually get a, a, a little shade of
4: um, purple to them. It was it was really it was really neat. I keep waiting for George to utilize technology and tell us what the name well, of there that are, dwarf. There
3: are quite a number of different varieties. So, taking a, uh, there's one called Del Mar. That, that wasn't was, a, that is was, a, okay. Yeah. It says it's a, a it's considered a dwarf.
1: Right. Just keep okay. chatting. If I find anything, I'll let you know. Okay. Actually, I gave you, I gave you way too if much you credit, want, George.
2: If you want to give us a call, 888-344-1170 is the number. You're listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. We're going to be back with more right after this.
1: Get your gardening questions answered by calling 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. There is more Garden Talk on the way.
6: And we're back.
2: (laughs) With more Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. I'm Ken Anderson along with David Ross and George Allman. Mark Mahady has a day off. The uh, 2020 county... Crop report is out.
4: Before you go there, I just got a notification that the Firefly rocket did launch this morning at twelve oh one. I got up on the wrong. Well, it was overcast this morning as well, but they launched this morning. Oh well, now they, you can congr- tell us. About well, the- congratulations. And, well, to
3: before them. you go further, yeah. the sod that you or the I'm sorry, the Saint Augustine we were talking about. There's a variety called So Low, and that mm-hmm. is by Southland. That that's so the that, one. That that's probably was the that one was you guys it. were looking.
2: Yeah, for. I don't think they grow it anymore though. Don't,
4: don't know yeah I, now anyway. do you have any information on the cro- the, the county crop, crop report. report yeah it's 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 interesting <laughs> they they usually
2: they run they run at least a year behind so this is the 2020 report but it's it's kind of it's kind of interesting what what when you start digging into the figures of what's going on here in San Diego County this is for the entire county um you know what the the number one crop is in San Diego County as, far as dollar value is concerned, no. Do tell, nursery and cut flower.
3: I wouldn't have one, gotten that
2: one. One billion two hundred and seventy-four million seven hundred and eighty-four thousand dollars.
4: Well, if nursery is container plants, right? Container plants, which that has been for a long time, has it not?
2: Yeah, yeah, it has been for for quite some time. Um, Let me see what else, and know. it's interesting, the other interesting because stuff. we're
4: getting fewer and fewer growers <laughs> in town. But I was thinking, I'm thinking about that Altman's. Yeah, they ship a lot of plants out of this county. Yeah, within. The- well, speaking of Altman's, bedding
2: plants, color and her color and herbaceous perennials, cactus and succulents, 431 million dollars. That's a lot. That's a lot of money ornamental trees and shrubs $432 dollars avocados 152 million indoor flowering and foliage plants 307 million um lemons 79 million that's a lot of lemons and lemons is almost lemons is more than double oranges oranges is 35 million
4: and that's cuz of the value of lemons i mean they sell for more
2: that's the only thing i can That's the only thing I can think of. This is an interesting category: turf, cut Christmas trees, and industrial hemp.
4: It's fifteen million. It's not very much, but it's seven hundred and ten acres. Well, the sod farm up in San Pasqual must must be the majority of that, because I don't know of much. uh,
2: Yeah, I don't know cut Christmas trees and hemp anymore. Or hemp. I do not even know where they would grow that. Cleveland National Forest, I believe. Oh, that could be. Uh, We're going to go to the phones. We're (laughs) going to go talk to uh, Dennis in Escondido. Good morning, Dennis. How are you?
5: Hi there. I just wanted to make a comment on the grass that you were talking about a little while ago. Mm -hmm. I have that in the upper part of my property. I'm kind of on the side of a hill and i've got gophers everywhere else in all my other lawn but i don't have it in that grass it's too tough for the gophers i think oh that could be
2: that's interesting i don't come to think of it i don't think i've ever seen a gopher in a a gopher in a saint augustine lawn
5: yeah, yeah it it's uh pretty tough and i i'm hoping that one day it'll all fill in to the rest of the grass it's creeping down the hill a little bit so hopefully it, but it's hard to walk in. Sometimes uh, you, you sink into the, to the grass about six inches. Sometimes, <laughs> yeah, it, it when does, you haven't cut it.
2: Yeah, it does build. A, it does build up some thatch underneath of it. But it can be very
5: cushiony when you're walking on it.
3: So it's not a good croquet yep. court lawn.
5: No, no, definitely not. <laughs> are are you supposed to thatch that stuff every now and then? Yes, indeed.
4: Yeah, yeah especially it, if it gets up to four to six inches. I <laughs> think they recommend it highly.
5: <laughs> yeah. I've never done that. Uh, Well, maybe years ago I did, and that guy that used to come around and do it has died since that time. I just never got around to finding somebody else to thatch it, I guess.
2: Yeah, it's definitely something you would want to farm out, not not something I would want to do.
5: Yeah, I had forgot all about that. Uh, uh, Okay, just wanted to comment on the gophers. They they don't like
2: it. Okay, we appreciate that, Dennis. Thank you. Have a great weekend.
5: You too. Bye.
2: Take care. Uh, we're going to move down to Chula Vista where Alan is waiting. Good morning, Alan. How are
6: you? Good morning, guys. Doing good. What's up? Um, hey, I got a question. You mentioned St. Augustine grass.
5: Mm-hmm. Uh,
6: my mother in law, when she was living, I uh, lived at Southwestern College, and uh, we had a landscaper put in uh, a beautiful fescue lawn in the front yard, and it had back in the backyard with St. Augustine grass. Mm-hmm. But uh, she had a regular gardener doing uh, the lawn mains after the landscaper put the new lawn in. Mm hmm. And uh it turns out that the, the St. Augustine, he was using the same mower for the back and the front. And the St. Augustine just uh, got planted in the front and started taking off and taking over. And uh, well, I talked to our landscaper, does the gardening out there now. And uh, um, he said uh, the only thing you can do is rip it out and start over because you, you put the St. Augustine uh, little particles of it get in the grass. And so I was trying to pull the stuff out, and he said, that only makes it spread. He said, typically you have to just cut off the runners as they start to spread out. So um, just wondering, is there anything we could do about it? It's a beautiful lawn now, but I think it's mostly St. Augustine.
4: Embrace it. Embrace <laughs> it.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I think your gardener is right. I think the only way that you're there's, – there's no chemicals that you can apply that, you can, that are going to pull the St. Augustine out of the – out of the Fescue,
3: yeah, I think you can use Turflon Ester. Can you? I, I Turflon Ester kills that War- the running the warm season running grasses in so, cool season, in grass. cool I season did, grasses. I knew
2: it did with I knew it did with Bermuda. I, didn't I, know. It should, I might it check the label on that. Okay. Yeah,
3: I would look up Turflon Ester and see. I, I believe it will do the um, Saint Augustine yeah. as well.
6: Does the San Diego Nursery carry that? I believe they do.
2: If they, Turflon Ester, yeah. If we do, if we don't have it on the shelf, we can get it for you. So oh, you might wonderful. you might give you might give them give them a call before you drive all the way up there and see if they've got it but if we
6: don't we can get it.
3: But ch- check Sorry. the label first. You can do that online. I'm pretty sure it does.
6: Turf lawn ester okay I'll, t- I'll check on to it. Okay. All right, thanks guys.
2: Okay, let us know if it works. Okay, we'll do.
4: <laughs> now, while uh, turf lawn ester Bye. is a great warm season grass and broadleaf weed killer, you have to be really careful with it because it if it drifts onto Shrubs, anything with a broad leaf around the lawn, it can take that stuff out too. It can. I remember a customer having a problem with a rose garden adjacent to their lawn after doing that, and so I always want to caution. I'm I'm pretty sure the Saint Augustine is on that label as a warm season grass. It's a that that is
2: a fantastic herbicide too.
4: Well, but the is. better thing to do is to embrace is it. embrace the Saint Augustine. Let it be. We we had a Bermuda lawn at my folks' house, and the trees grew up and shaded out the lawn till no grass would grow under there. And I took just a small chunk of St. Augustine, less than a flat worth, and just put it in one area of the lawn, and it ended up, ended up spreading over a couple thousand square feet, and then into the sunny lawn across the driveway from it, and just embrace it.
2: Yeah, it's a it's a it's a tough grass. A really tough grass, and yeah. it and it grows in such a wide variety of areas too. But you know what Alan was talking about—the transfer of different grass. That's that's why I don't have uh, pure Bermuda in my backyard anymore. Well, any it, it it'll it, the lawnmower takes cuttings and just distributes, distributes, them, distributes them exactly, them, distributes them evenly right. over
4: everybody's yard. Do you know what you could call that? What? Right. Biodiversity. Well, that's true.
3: Not
6: having and, a
4: monoculture and, and embrace it. That's right. Uh, the St. Augustine at my folks' house has gotten a little too thick, and it is super spongy, and I hate it. But it needs to be torn out and and Thatched. redone, dethatched. But it's going to look so bad. We're or gonna, just
2: or just scalp it.
4: Yeah, I don't mm-hmm. want. My dad's not going to want to look at it ugly for a period of time. So,
3: I'll scalp it. Just let put, it go. Scalp it and put a. Annual, annual rye over it. Does it go dormant where he lives? In it, the it winter. Slowly. Okay. Yeah, semi. So scalp it then.
4: That's not a bad idea. I'm glad I listened to you guys
2: today. <laughs> Sometimes we have some interesting, some good, some good information. You've been listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ on Ken Anderson, along with David Ross and George Allman. We'll be back next weekend with another hour of Garden Talk. Have a great weekend, everybody.